Previously on Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast. Is we're going to be generating two names mm-hmm. to create the villains for this piece. Ooh, okay. okay. Let's enter the Wu-Tang, Jade. Yes. Or should I say, Tough Ambassador. Dean, Sarcastic Knight. Just for completion's sake, I am mm. Amateur Prophet. Tough Ambassador has very tough words and is more of a uh, vocal conqueror, if you will, whereas Sarcastic Knight is the fighter. I think what we might need in order to solve this Amateur Prophet situation is a team of heroes. Oh. We have 51 very good heroes <laughs> in our roster. The first hero is Bleached Ruby. Please welcome to the fray, Godiva Jaguar Undy. Oh. Yes. Who's next? We have got Lord Windermere and Final Nudge. Yeah, let's. Who's next? Is Indecisive Chili, Selfish Macaroon, and <laughs> Sloth Pasta. Okay. The last one, McFly and the New Wave Thrills. <gasps> oh my god! Yes! What is actually going on here? Sarcastic Knight is currently in prison. Police have urged Bleach Ruby to, like, look, you're the only one who's going to be able to get the info out of him. That perhaps draws media attention to which Tough Ambassador tries to get Sarcastic Knight pardoned. The New Wave Thrillers show is some sort of signifying incident. Like, something's going to happen at this show. The only thing that we know at this point is that a new hero shall be born in episode 53. Amateur Prophet does not want this hero to rise up. In the audience is Hero 53. Sarcastic Knight, when they are first let out, they confidently strut out of the prison and Bleach Ruby decides, no, I'm not having any of that. You're clearly a threat. Where they, When they're fighting, it's basically Tough Ambassador meeting up with Sarcastic Knight to kind of be like, this innocent prisoner is now finally being let out. Bleach Ruby doesn't get put in jail because they're saved at the last minute by SIS. Sarcastic Knight and Tough Ambassador come out on top. SIS and Bleach Ruby make a retreat. McFly and the New Wave Thrillers. I was going to say, like... Stretching and limbering up. Maybe they're playing at Lord Windermere's um, estate. Um, Oh, like it's a big public fundraiser thing. Tough Ambassador just walks on stage applauding like, Oh, very well done. Very well done. To put it bluntly, what I believe is that one of you can't continue living. Sarcastic Knight comes in and takes matters into their own hands and they're cutting down people. And so that's when our heroes that we know of start trying to fight back. Tough Ambassador has only gone and convinced Abby that Hero 53 is actually a terrible person. Sarcastic Knight and Tough Ambassador are on the ropes, so they decide a retreat back to their home dimension. Uh, There's like a a lens flare, like a um, dazzle in the crowd. Abby turns to look. She catches just the briefest glimpse of Bleach Ruby's sunglasses before she's dragged off into another dimension. Oh my goodness! The heroes look stunned, bewildered, mm-hmm. like they, di- they didn't get the villains. We're gonna generate a hero and they are Hero 53 and they're gonna oh. finish off this story, yes? Help oh. us, Hero 53. Hello and welcome to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast where we give powers to a name. We're back after a nice, what we like to call extended break. And we're feeling more limber than ever, ready to build as a superhero. My name is Demon Knight, and I'll be conjuring this magnificent uh, savior that's more, uh, more, more important this week than most weeks. We'll be conjuring the savior from whatever 
bits and bobs, gibs and gabs, the internet gives us. I don't think we need to talk about the saviour. Now, my name is Jade Sars, and I'm here to talk to you about Amateur Profit. Now, <laughs> that the thing joke about is amateur profit dead is now, Jade Sars. more important than this hero that we're going to make this week. Jade. Why are you talking over me? We need to tell the listeners about Amateur Profit. I think they got a whole earful of Amateur Profit last week, I think, Jade. Um, Josh, Randall, what do you think about Amateur Prophet and how little we should talk about him and make someone who's going to kick their ass. Well, I think we should briefly mention that we're going to, yeah, we're going to kick Amateur Prophet's ass today in some form, <laughs> I think. We certainly are. Uh, so, as uh, you might have heard from my little previously on, which is like the first time we've done it, and it's very nice, uh, we are direct. This is a sequel, pretty much. This is part two. We've never done this before. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's kind of it's our first direct sequel. We've we've done a lot of multiverse type stuff before. We've had random characters turn up, like mm. Bleach Ruby and Stone and Muller. But this is our literally first. You remember the end of last week's episode? Now we're going to literally continue on straight afterwards. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm happy I'm doing it with Amateur Profit. <laughs> anyway, so what comics have you guys been reading? We need some inspiration. Has anyone been reading a sequel at all? Any long-running serializations? Oh, yes. There we go. Okay, I've, I've, I've got Josh one. Randall. Um, it's, well, it's effectively a long-running kind of serialization. Um, I'll just get into it and that it'll, it'll be revealed. Um, so this week I have been reading X-Men Grand Design by Ed Pisker. Oh, which is a, X-Men. Yeah, I know you're not a big fan of the X-Men. Um, mm. In thinking about it, before I read this, I was kind of thinking, I'm not sure if I've ever actually properly read an X-Men comic. Hmm. Have you? Like, for reals? For reals, I don't think I have. Wow, one of the first floppy comics I ever bought was, like, The Phoenix Conclusion. Hmm. Oh, yeah, there might have been, like, one or two issues that I might have bought at, like, an antique shop for, like, 20p. Mm. <laughs> um, but in terms of actually following an X-Men comic, I don't think I've ever done it. So, I've always been an animated series and, God help me, the films... What about what about evolution? The the pinnacle oh, yeah, of, of X-Men. Yes. Evolution. <laughs> we all love evolution. Um Do we? But do you <laughs> Shut know what? up, Dean. If anything, this actually helps me out with this because X-Men Grand Design is effectively a six issue experiment of condensing the past two hundred and forty issues, like forty, fifty years of X-Men continuity and just sticking it all into these six issues. That's a tall order. <laughs> It is a very tall order, and a lot of it, I imagine a lot of, pan- lot of, and I imagine a lot of issues are pretty much almost like one panels in this. <laughs> um, effectively, what Pisker is doing is touching on a lot of the like integral uh, stories from the X Men across the years. So, like they go to like the Savage Land, um, which is a place with dinosaurs. Um, uh-huh. It's like the first time that they meet Magneto, the first time that the X Men kind of get together, um, and it's basically it's peppering a lot of stuff to do with the Phoenix Saga, actually. Um, mm. And yeah, it's so they're doing all these like little kind of greatest hits of the X Men. What, well, what I assume is the greatest hits, whilst also threading this narrative to do with the Phoenix Saga, ready to serve it up. Mm. And it does it to actually a pretty interesting degree. It's it's got quite a classic kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is it the one that's on like the old styly paper? It is, yes. Um, mm. And it's got like those old school kind of. Um, narration boxes wait is this the one they recolored hmm? like they i i saw a screenshot somewhere like someone comparing the old issues and then they 
had new colors in this one that are like super bright like they don't mm. work on old timey paper but um, i don't think I it don't is think... if only because oh, okay. this is this is all it's all written drawn and colored all by ed oh okay yeah that, i'm thinking of something else then oh, okay that's fine um however at the very end there is basic um basically the, the first volume has come out and it's this massive uh, book and it's got the first two issues of Grand Design in it. And also at the end, it's got the very first issue of X-Men in it. Oh, um, really? By, like, Stanley and Kirby. And But I think Ed has recolored it. But it still fits in well with the book that he's been doing so far. And it just kind of it just works. And it's really good. Hmm. Cool. Um, X-Men, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it might help if you condense, like, a billion issues into, like, one or two arcs because hmm. there's a lot to take in. Well, what's your beef and with the X Men, Dean? I've never. It's, never it's just there's just a lot. There's just like it's one of those very easy targets where you're like, no one can get into comics because of all the continuity. Look at X Men. What's uh, the name of I, that that one senator in the X Men films? You know, Sen- the one Sen- Senator Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Dean Dean watches anything X Men. He turns into Senator Kelly. <laughs> Why can't we just destroy the X-Men? Jade, <laughs> what have you been reading? Uh, I haven't been reading X-Men, but I have been reading something about dumb high school kids, so slightly mm. relevant. Um, I've been reading Flower of Life by Fumi Yoshinaga, which is um, one of her older series. And I picked Your it girl. up secondhand, so nice get. Um, so it's a nice little classroom slice of life. Um, as I said, it's about high school kids, so just... Lots of kids being dumb. Um, this new kid starts school a year late because he was recovering from leukemia. And mm-hmm. uh, he basically shows up on the first day and he's like, I had leukemia. And everyone's just like, good. And he's like, oh, but I got better. I'm fine. Um, so he just kind of takes everyone off guard and he's like quite a unique character straight away. Um, but the story's not what I expected at all. Like it's Yoshinaga's trademark delicate artwork, but the story's really goofy in places and then subtle in others like it's yeah. about consideration like considering what's going on around you and how you behave towards others and just the act of behaving in the right way whilst taking all of that into consideration um mm-hmm. so the best example is the boy blurting that he had leukemia he ends up getting scolded by his teacher later on in the manga because he explains that he told them that because he didn't want to explain it over and over and he didn't want to bother anyone with it or worry anyone but then the teacher explains that actually that made everyone in the class tread really carefully around him so actually it was slightly selfish do you see what i mean yeah so like uh there's a scene where um he thinks he's doing the right thing by defending an overweight kid who's being like um pestered by the rest of the kids for his like body fat warmth in winter Mm -hmm. and um he thought it was the right thing but actually it drew attention to the kid to defend him which isn't what the kid wanted Mm. so it's like all these situations where they they do a thing they have like an incident and then it deals with all the kids in the situation and like how it's affected them and how they think they should have behaved and then how they really should have behaved right so yeah it's it's a nice subtle comic and i think it's probably really good inspiration for a hero because quite often we think we're doing the right thing but actually we're not and we have to actually think about what the people around us might want Uh, let's just we just need someone to kick that profit's ass at the moment we don't need we don't need black or white or gray we just we just want white 
you sure about that, I'm, Dean? I mean, <laughs> I just want good. Excuse me. So, in terms of comics, skipping across that, I've been reading uh, a little webcomic from... is another TCAF uh, banger. And it's uh, Aletheia by Christina Stipetic. Um So, it's a webcomic all about a... Uh, Following the adventures of a robot in a very um, sort of sparsely populated land that's also populated by other robots. Um, Aletheia uh, starts the, the story by dropping into a uh, a robot village that features a queen that's sort of forced to um, lay eggs in order, to, in order to like increase the population and that's that queen's burden. Now I'm saying this because uh, Aletheia themselves, it's more of a, a wandering, wondrous story. So your Mad Max or your your lone samurai kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so far I've I've read two chapters. Uh, the second chapter she finds a, a village full of uh, robots that can't move more than 400 paces away um, because of their battery um, battery life. And there's this one robot that wants to sort of go out and explore. And Aletheia sort of slowly forms a connection, which is peculiar because uh, Aletheia herself is quite a uh, quite a robotic robot in this uh, world where they kind of have a lot more uh, life and vibrancy to them. It's, it's it's very very mysterious, and it does a, it does a good job of hooking me into this character, sort of giving us enough of a of a curiosity to keep on reading and keep going and the 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 colors in this as well they're this lovely watercolor-esque style and there's lots of um lots of blues lots of uh, greens so even though listen 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 to those blues and greens so even (laughs) even though the pages Mm. (laughs) so even though it's um it's in this sort of I, i wouldn't say wasteland but it's 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 very um it's very empty. So even though it's empty, it's still like very beautiful looking, and you know the sky still catches your eyes, and the grass is still something you want to run your fingers through. And uh, I will be continuing this on because I know uh, Christina's done uh, a lot more pages than this. So very good recommendation from your boy Dean McKnight. And now we're gonna throw these into the hero pot and make us a hero stew. Stir mm. it up. Well, it's more like we're going to throw these ingots into the furnace and pour <laughs> ourselves a hero into the hero uh, hero mold. But Josh has to has to provide the mold for us. Josh, what you got? Well, normally we tend to go for something like we always generate our heroes from kind of things you wouldn't expect. Like you would never guess to get a hero from a 70s band name generator mm-hmm. or things like that. That's true. It's true. That's true. But with this being a sequel, I know that we do truly need a hero that we can rely mm-hmm. on. So what I've brought to you this week is the One Punch Man name generator. <laughs> oh my goodness. And effectively what it's going to do is it's not going to give us like to to slap dog. It's not going to do anything <laughs> like that. It's going to generate names that you might see in the series itself. Okay. Which allows us for a lot of scope here. We've recommended One Punch Man in the past and it does have a ridiculous array of characters to do with like tank tops, bicycles, all sorts. Mm-hmm. So this uh, is going to be quite interesting. Hmm? I just want to point out that tank top hero is one of my favorite One Punch Man characters <laughs> simply because the the reason for him being so strong, one of the strongest is because there's no clothing 
um, keeping his arms weighted down. Great. That's literally the whole reason. There you go. Th- thank you, Dean. You're welcome, Josh. But what this generator is going to do, it's almost like a roulette because we don't really have any idea what we're going to get because it's going to be so, like, I don't want to say random because <laughs> that sounds silly. It could literally be any theming from any object, animal, uh, weather. Um, Are we going to could... get, like, a bunch of options or is it just the one yes, option? This is, well... What I can do is that it's going to generate me 10 names and oh, okay. we can choose a number. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Okay. That sounds good. Mm, yes. We'll all have to agree on a number. Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, except from me because I can actually see which one's which. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but here we go. Okay. Uh, do you want to give me a number? Eight. Wait. Yeah. I was thinking eight as well because oh. f- Hero 53, five plus three. Well, what? I, I just blurred. I just blurred. <laughs> Okie doke. Eight, Josh. Eight. We have got Lucky Tackle. That's good. That's all right. That's, that's, a, that's really a solid good. one. Yes. Like that's that's good because like with a one punch man one, you could just get a random type of metal or mm. a food stuff or like just any kind of noun is effectively on the table when it comes to one punch man. But I think Lucky Table has a lucky tackle even. Lucky see l- lucky lucky table could also be a hero in one punch man. <laughs> We could have had Watchdog. Watch. What's it? Watchdog Man is one of the. I think it's called Watchdog, isn't it? No, no. I'm pretty sure they're Watchdog Man because because <laughs> that's the dumbest option. But Lucky Tackle is good because in uh, OPM style, it's very non nondescript. I think I have an idea for it, but I don't know how receptive you are because it's it's not inspired by One Punch Man, right? Because One Punch Man's thing is that he takes villains out with one punch, right? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. he can do that over and over again. My Uh. thinking is that Hero 53, Lucky Tackle, can only save someone once. And they have to choose like the opportune moment. They have to use their Lucky Tackle. Because no matter when they do it, it will be perfect. It will be the luckiest tackle. It will work. But then they won't be able to like... they'll, They'll be... Stuck, I guess. Is this that. is this like a daily limit thing? Yeah. Okay. So I, I quite like the idea of that because it's not like to take it out of this situation. You could think of it as like they could either use it to tackle an enemy to the ground, or they could also like tackle like bystanders who might be in the way of like fire. Exactly. Someone that's falling, they can ch- tackle mm. them right as they're about to like hit something or whatever. See, I interpreted your. Uh, tackle another way mm. I thought you said uh, at the beginning that can only save someone once mm-hmm. so what if it's a case that they can literally only save an individual once with a tackle so let's say um, you are stuck on a uh, train track mm-hmm. lucky tackle tackles you off and you're saved if you Next were to day, walk back onto the tracks and, and lucky the tackles still like coming. And he's like, oh, God, I, I can't. I can't do anything. <laughs> apart from, of course, uses human strength to try and... His, like, his, eh? Apart from using their human strength to pull you out or whatever. Mm. But is That's that going to be th- as effective? I think the rules on that can be a bit squiffy. Yeah. My thinking was more along the lines of, like, they have to 
Like, if you could rescue everyone in a room once, that's really easy. Whereas if you have to pick one person out of the whole room full of people to tackle out of the way of something, Mm. like, it could probably be fudged a little. Like, for example, they could think, oh, well, if I jump just right, I could tackle three of those people once and save them. Okay. But I'm saying they have, like, picture it as, like, a sprinter on a track. They only have one shot at that that first push, and then they have mm-hmm. to keep running. So they can only use the tackle once. Trademark once a day. Yes, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of a day. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like picture it as like a spring in their legs. Mm. Once it's uncoiled, that's it for the day. Okay, we can work with that. So we haven't um, done um. Could they have? Could they have a coil base leg? <laughs> no. <laughs> Or is that going back towards our good friend Coil of Justice slash Balance? I think so. Um, I'm trying to think that like this is an interesting um, moral dilemma to play with and a power to play with. But then I'm trying to picture like like it it would work really well in this story. Mm. But I'm trying to picture how they could possibly like we're designing Hero Fifty Three. This is a big mm. deal. This mm. hero real is deal. yeah, real big deal. Otherwise, Amateur Prophet wouldn't be coming after them. Speaking of amateur profit, um, have, have <laughs> I told you about so, fashion sense? It's really good. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. This has to link in with our Hero 53 saga. Mm-hmm. Um, now, last episode we established they want to get rid of Hero 53 just because of only they have the ability to get... Only they have the ability to stop people talking about amateur profit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is vague. It doesn't say whether that means defeat or if it means like changing the minds of people. Mm. Um, That's the beauty of prophecies, so they're always like ridiculously vague. Mm -hmm. Unless you're George Lucas, then it's definitely no. There's no Sif. Yeah, it's like poetry Um, rhymes. Exactly, Jade. Our story needs to rhyme. Um, hmm. Well, okay, you go. I was just going to keep it simple and say, let's pick it up where we left it off. Okay, so, so Abby's been kidnapped. Abby's been kidnapped by Sarcastic Knight, Tough Ambassador, and the Amateur Prophet. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lucky Tackle is still in the crowd. Do they make themselves known? What do they do? How do they do? Well, could it be that Every, all, all of our current heroes are quite obviously going to be quite confused and perplexed as to w- not only what happened, because it all happened so quickly, hmm. is like hmm. who this person, that tough ambassador, was trying to refer to. I'd say, first off, they'd start arguing, because you have to have an argument in a hero team-up story. Of it's course. Just, it's just, you know, required. <laughs> Pit quill! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pit quill! I mean, we're, we're pretty... Um, I'm quite impressed that we haven't managed to already have any of our heroes fight each other, which is normally yeah. a staple. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we're so fucking bummed out by that concept. We, we all love heroes fighting. so much, we'd want them to just be friends. Exactly. Um, but I think we're well equipped with Lord Windermere as a person that would immediately just round on everyone else and be like, what are you doing, you incompetent fools? And you know? the rebuttal would be, well, where were you? Where was your effort in yeah. all of this? my lord, mm-hmm. etc. Um, so they'd start arguing about Hero 53. I think they'd probably start 
blaming Abby for ruining things and that would set McFly off and probably all of the McFly clan actually because they'd just be like hey 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 don't you bring Abby into this yeah um so they'd all be fighting and I wonder if we could think about where Abby's been taken to that one rock in the Avengers where <laughs> Thanos gets taken to. Cool. You know, it's funny. For one, at one point, I did think that was where we first saw Amateur Prophet. <laughs> like the first, the, the, when I imagine him, I just imagine him on some random backdrop of stars, Milky Way stuff. That's the easy option. Um, but they're they're not like you know space how I feel about cosmic stuff. Well, sorry, they've gone through a massive space portal. I think we have to go cosmic, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Could no, could um, no, they that's be? the thing. It's it's not space. He's a dimension traveler. So mm. to to rope Jade back in, uh, they could be between dimensions. Okay. Yeah, because, well, yeah, he, he fucks with the multiverse, doesn't he? So mm. we've now got to get our heroes to realize how do they get from point A, which is Abby's been kidnapped, we have to get her back, to we know that she's between dimensions. How would they know that? Lucky tackle... The origin of the tackle is that they used to play a lot of rugby and they tackled so hard, they passed through dimensions. Yes, I like that. I was literally about to butt Mm. in with, actually, the tackle should be dimension hopping. That's why it can only be done, like, that's why it's so limited. That was like a B idea, C, D, E idea at best? No, I like it. I think it's good. So what, like, instead of like... Just being able to tackle people out of the way, they tackle them like into like what a portal that takes them between dimensions. Yeah, I was gonna way. say it. It could really mess their childhood up because like the the other kid could go missing for like a week. Oh my god! And you know, uh, lucky tackle would. By the way, we have to come up with a name for them at some point. Um, they you know spend that whole week like jumping off of things and jumping at things, trying to get them back. And everyone's like constantly like jumping out of the way and feel like, don't you tackle me into, you know, wherever that black hole took so and so. And the kids' parents could be like, you tackled my son into oblivion. Yeah, exactly. So they they get really messed up. They have to move after they bring the kid back, of course. But that's the origin of their power. Jade, what if I told you that uh, Lucky Tackle never found that kid? What if that kid? Oh my god! <laughs> What if that kid prophesies the end of existence? Huh. Ooh. Could it be that they've spent so much time in between dimensions, now they can do the multiverse nonsense? Yeah, yeah, I like that. But, 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 I have a further twist. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, oh, wait, wait. We're mm-hmm. fucking with our own canon because they don't know who Hero 53 is. Uh, it's been a long time, Jade. Like... Who knows oh, how? Oh, true. Yes, they would. They would hop through dimensions and oh. lose all sense of self. Because this may be why they're like an amateur prophet is because they're getting yeah. all of these visions of like multiverses and things, and they know at the center there is this dimension hopper, but they just can't bring. They can bring words <laughs> together, but it's not really like actually direct orders. Yeah, and that's why they need to defeat Hero Fifty Three because they know that Hero 53 is a Dimension Hopper, one of the only people that can stop Amateur Prophet. Yes. Get you fool! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dude, dude, dude. Yeah. They would... Oh, this is endgame, right? We will, we will get to it later, but I need to nail it down now. 
they would dimension like lucky tackle would dimension hop amateur profit back to the football game the rugby game whatever it was mm-hmm. back into their original you know universe time where they left to the point that it absolutely wipes out all existence of amateur profit but you know you know the whole timey wimey bullshit like mm. if you erase the past self then it gets rid of all the future incarnations bringing them back to their original point where they left erases all memory of them having been through the multiverse self-sacrifice spin though it also erases the lucky tackle itself from lucky tackle and and lucky tackle you know they go back to being a kid as well so like there you go they'd lose all their family maybe they'd moved away and set up shop and you know had a really nice life I can't believe we've finished this episode in 25 minutes. <laughs> it's because we've all had them on the brain for like however long it's been uh, since... Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had them on the brain. We've been thinking really hard about them. We care about this hero, Dean. See, that's unique about this episode as well. This is the only time we've actually like gone into this sort of thing with... Um, I wouldn't say like we've been brainstorming ideas or anything like no, that. No, that's, be that's the, not the what I'm saying at all. Like that's that's why there was an odd pause at some point uh, where I had to ask what happened last week because I'm terrible. Can I, can I suggest a minor something? And it's fine if it doesn't go anywhere. Go on. But as someone who enjoys multiverses and whatnot, um, does can I don't think Lucky Tackle should be able to go back in time with their dimension hopping. No. Initially. Okay. I think they need help. Oh. Uh-huh. And I believe. That I'm not sure if this is. I'm not sure if it should be like the whole taking them back to the childhood. Is this going to be like a plan they do, or it's going to be like an accidental thing? Wait, wait, wait. Are you thinking of getting Ruby's nostalgia thing to? Ah, uh, not quite. I. Oh. I wanted to kind of bring it up last week. A certain other hero. Oh. That I believe I'm pretty sure in the past we've dealt slightly with time travel in terms of a deadline. Oh! <laughs> well, uh, everyone, it's time to bring in our seven, Wait, eight. Before, before you name them, I have the exact way that they would get brought into the scene. Go. So, so the heroes are all arguing about how they could possibly, you know, get get to Abby, and you just hear a quiet, wah, <laughs> wah, and everyone's like, "What the what the fuck?" And the McFlies just bend down. They're like. <laughs> I've forgotten their name. What is it? What is it, Ducky? <laughs> it, it, it was Ducky. It was the most simple name for a, like a duck. It's <laughs> what is it, Ducky? <laughs> and if you remember from the illustration, Ducky has a very serious face, so everything's very serious for Ducky. Mm. Uh, Ducky, who, as you may have guessed, is a duck and is the mascot of the McFly Circus, um, beckons everyone down and then just hands them a dog treat and then <laughs> and then toddles off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining this little like wing with this like it just goes yep. over like McFly's hand, it just comes back and there's a dog treat. Yes, yes. And they're like, what am I supposed to do with this? And suddenly, behind everyone, because they would all be facing Ducky as Ducky heads off, behind them, just picture like back to the future. That's exactly what I was going to say. Flames, you know. <laughs> and into the scene comes sidetrack. Sidetrack <laughs> I feel as though it was gonna, oh it was gonna happen eventually, like if if we didn't roll a three on the name generator, <laughs> I felt as though I had to try and 
bring in our, one of our favorite heroes somehow. You're absolutely right. And I think um, this, this works well um, because this is how you get 53 into the mix. Um, they would be like, oh, the famous sidetrack, we've all heard about you and all oh, your exploits saving all oh, many, many worlds. We, oh, we love you, sidetrack. Everyone bends down to pet the dog, you know. Got to mm. have a pet the dog moment. Um, mm-hmm. And so they expect sidetrack to just be able to go and get Abby back right away. Everything will be fine, right? But for some reason, sidetrack can't do it alone. And they make several attempts and they fetch several things from different <laughs> dimensions. <laughs> it could be really nice little things as well. It could be things from other episodes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, let's think of a few. Um, uh, oh. A rattle from one of Albrick Abbott's kids. Yes, nice. yes. And when, when they come out of the portal, you just hear this screaming baby and just maybe like a yeah. dad just being like, oh, don't worry. Um, what else? Uh, a, one, a poster from one of Green Hyena's comedy shows. Yes, good. Um, uh, a few more, a few more. we got to have the heroes comment on these. So, like, um, Jaguarundi would be like, oh, my God, I went to this, like, a couple of years ago. <laughs> How about a uh, sidetrack comes back, but, like, they have gum covering them. They haven't really <laughs> got anything. They're just covered in weird. And they're just whining, like, and they're like, oh, yeah. poor baby. <laughs> yes. Um, so they're making attempts, and everyone's just, like, you know, standing around trying to figure it out. Why isn't it working? And um, this is when, I guess, Hero 53 would have to make themselves known. Mm. And I think for the purpose of this, um, Windermere would have to seal the tent, right? They'd, yeah, have, oh, they'd just snap their fingers and guards would show up to block mm. everyone in because you wouldn't, like, they'd have to make sure that whoever Hero 53 is, they can't, like, chicken out. But they also have to protect them. So... The whole audience is still in the tent while all of this is going on. <laughs> Can I? What if, like, Sidetrack does all these attempts to find the hero and is unsuccessful, and then Sidetrack mm. looks a little bit thoughtful, and all the heroes are like, "Well, what, what's what's the matter? What what is it, boy?" But oh, then, do they trot off into the into the crowd? They trot off into the crowd, sniffing people, sniffing uh, the ground until they stop and sit in front of one person, the crowd parts, and that is... Wait, it's a family. It has to be a family. It's a family? Yes. So there's some kids, and they're like, oh, puppy, and they start petting it. And Hero 53 knows who Sidetrack is, and they've been watching what's been going on, and they have been cowering because they don't want this responsibility. They couldn't possibly be this hero. All they do is doom. Like, they left their hometown because they... They think they killed a kid. Mm. They tried to use their power to get them back, but it never worked. They haven't used their power in a long time. Oh, we're taking this angle, are we? Yeah. it's Ooh. They're afraid of their power. Okay. So so they yeah, so they look at this dog with disdain, and they're like, kids, leave the dog alone. Come on, we'll just go over here. We'll get some caviar. That's all there is in this tent <laughs> for some reason. Um, and, uh, yeah, the dog has to paw at Hero 53. Oh, God. Lucky tackle. And give give him the pup give him the puppy dog eyes and and Lord Windmere's like, What is it, boy? <laughs> and maybe um Bleach Ruby slowly approaches them. Mm-hmm. Um they take a look. No, wait, the... they have to run. A chase. A chase around the tent with all the heroes trying to catch Hero fifty three. Do you think? Maybe? How are they gonna... Not a chase around the tent. Let's let's make it bigger. Like a chase around the countryside, 
trying to find them. Well, by countryside, do you mean Lord Windermere's estate? Because it would be vast. Lord Windermere's county. <laughs> they're um, fiefdom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they're searching the fiefdom for this mm-hmm. hero who has seemingly disappeared. You know, SIS are trying to track them using their mm-hmm. uh, great abilities. McFly's flying around in jets of water, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et um, who eventually finds them? I think it would have to be Ruby, right? Because that's what you were going for next. Or, wait, or an alternate. Uh, it's a tag team of the youngest McFly who... Sorry, not the youngest. The, the leader of the McFly group. I've forgotten what his name was. The one that's in love with Abby. Mr. McFly. Yes, yes, Mr. McFly. <laughs> the one that's into flying rather than sw- swimming gear. So they would be up in the air with... Um, uh, shit, the... Indecisive Chili. From- Indecisive Chili. They would be... <laughs> they would have the most advantage because, you know, aerial view is the quickest way of finding someone. But... McFly is the angriest because they're like, you could help us and you're running away. What the hell? That's my that's my girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're willing to like beat them into submission, which isn't very heroic at all. So that's when Ruby shows up and they're like, step step back. Just hold on a moment. And, and they kneel down and they put their glasses on. And uh, anyone else want to Yeah, Yes, I do want to chip in actually. Because I don't think that, I think Lucky Tackle will still try and get away. Yes. But then they start feeling this thing coiling around their legs. And they look down and just see this sloth just <laughs> just constricting its way around, just trying to stop them from like wriggling around. Yeah, it would be like a, a convolution of heroes. Like First, the aerial heroes would spot uh, Lucky Tackle, and then Sloth would wind, wind the noodly arm around their legs. <laughs> who, who else then? Who else can, can join the tackle? Well, I think it might be quite cool if Jekyll Undri is kind of keeping up with Lucky Tackle. Yeah, yeah. Mm. She's like just ducking and weaving wherever they try to go. Like they have the technology. They will adapt to any terrain. I like that, actually. You can have like a a nice high speed chase, Mm. maybe at the beginning of things, you know. Could it be that Lucky Tackle nearly goes in to use their tackle and escape to a different dimension? Oh, yeah. like Like it could be like a really cool like... We rarely ever mention the fact that this, these are meant to be kind of comics, but you get quite a nice pilot kind of panel, like close up of like the leg. And it, it, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure how they kind of introduce the tackle. Like I'm not sure if it's more of a feet thing, like a pushing out. Yeah, I pictured like a, a jump of some sort. Like they mm, have to actually go back to that. Yeah, that thing that I mentioned, like the the visual of a runner on on the mm. the footrests before they sprint. Starting blocks. Yeah, yeah, that. So like that that moment where you're like the the ball of your foot is on the floor but your heel is up mm. that moment they spring off from that that's the tackle and i think that might be quite a good thing to maybe like some like the energy starts like going but then mm. like sloth pasta kind of just like tackles them and maybe, maybe um <laughs> sloth pasta is like on bleached ruby's shoulder like they're, t- yeah. they're teaming up mm. so whilst all those arms and just limbs are kind of flailing and just kind of constricting. <laughs> Bleached Ruby is kneeling down to look Lucky Tackle in the eye with their glasses on. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a very good further idea then. Go on. Uh, so Ruby starts the nostalgia. Like they really have to force themselves because, like we said, their glasses are broken, so they're not mm, quite working mm-hmm. properly. So they're only able to get glimpses, and we see 
the incident where they first used their power and they tackled someone else on on the rugby team and tackled them into another dimension and it's terrifying and oh yeah of course it is yeah and ruby gets kicked out of this memory they get flung back because ruby's powers aren't working properly oh i got there's a quite a little visual thing i think Mm. that when they dimension hop they should literally kind of break through the wall like a fourth wall kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like when they tackle into it, like the entire world shatters. Yeah. And then yeah. they go through the dimensions. So what exactly. we can do is a nice little thing where the dimen- like they're watching the dimension shatter happen, and mm. then the shards of glass f- kind of form into like a zoom out of Bleached Ruby's glasses. Yes, very nice, mm. excellent. So <sighs> we get brought back to the now, and here's where I think we could do something very funny. Uh, yeah. perhaps Lucky Tackle does decide to try to use their power to get away, like you said. Mm. And they make an attempt, but let's remember that they haven't used it in a long time. So mm-hmm. they, they wriggle just, free. Go just on. a quick thing about that. Like, ha- have they ever been a hero between then and now? Or no, is this because... The- okay. Well, because we've... Otherwise, there'd be an inkling of who Hero 53 mm. is. Okay, this cool. is. This has to be a brand new hero. For the purposes of the the story, I guess. Yeah. Um, My thought is that Lucky Tackle, in their eagerness and inexperience, manages to catch, say, Sloth Pastor off guard and wriggles out, makes the jump and jumps right back into five minutes ago in the tent. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, right as everyone was about to chase them, like, they've run out of the tent and then suddenly they're back in the tent and everyone's like, oh, what, did you decide to come back? And they're just like, oh, for fine i kind of like that um and then we naturally have sort of a quiet moment Mm. um where they're all gathered and uh lucky tackles explaining what what happened who they are um, yeah that way we don't have to have like it's their choice to reveal their whole past yeah because it's kind it's kind of ruby is a hero that we invented that started off as a villain and their power is slightly villainous you know Mm. Yeah. Being able to force someone's past out of them out against their will is a bit shitty. It is. Uh, folks at home, don't do that to people. <laughs> if you can. So they have this quiet moment. Um, information ex- is exchanged from Lucky Tackle to everyone, mm-hmm. everyone to Lucky Tackle, and they come to an agreement to stop Amateur Profit. Mm-hmm. Now, Lucky Tackle only explains, well, le- leave, leave them to me. I will deal with it. And, like, the other heroes are like, are you, are you sure? You, they're I really mean, skeptical as well because they're, like, you know, they're, they're middle-aged. They're perhaps, you know, not the fittest, not, not in the best of health. Um, they've got, you know, a spouse and kids left behind. They're like, hmm. are you really sure? Like, how, how, many, how many villages and towns and cities have you saved? And they're like, well, well no one. <laughs> oh, all I've done is kill a kid. <laughs> Bleached Ruby believes in them because yes. they've seen they've seen and uh could the lord, last... lord windermere think that he's actually not going to save them at all and he's he's actually quite cynical it's in like no I, i've seen that kind of look you'll just end up going to end up just dimension hopping away and we'll never yeah. see you or abby ever again yeah so lord windermere just pisses off they're like oh you know what i've got some calls to make i know some people who can you know travel through time and whatnot i'll, I'll be back when you've finished sending off this coward now we're gonna have to bring him back somehow yeah um, absolutely but then well minus look uh, windermere um 
we have the plan. And so they all put their hands in, and the last hand to go in, or should I say, is last paw. paw to go <laughs> in, yes. is a uh, sidetrack. Yes. And so the final act takes place, begins. Um, it would begin with uh, Godiva Jagrorindi, uh somehow organizing, I guess, with Lord Windermere's resources, thanks to Final Nudge, organizing a nice long bit of track for... Oh, uh, one, one cannon fixing thing. This would have to be the next day because they've done one jump. Of course. So, yes. Well, it'll take them a while to make the runway. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, we yeah. can have that. And we, what we could do is, where the, where the talk with, like, maybe like a, some sort of final talk between a couple of heroes, just being like, you know, is Lucky Tackle, are you okay to do this? You know, can we mm. rely on you? But now, it's time. Sidetrack has been offered the longest piece of track they've ever done seen in <laughs> their so life. They're so excited. <laughs> Tails wagging. They, they hook on, they have an entire train carriage like behind them, they're able to pull it. They they're feeling the power. Wait, what? A train carriage. An entire like ye old time train carriage. They're they're gonna pull this, and the thing is, uh, Lucky Tackle is on the front. They're on the front with uh, Sidetrack. They're almost like not riding on top of him like a horse, but sort of riding them like a motorcycle. What the heck? Where is this going? I don't think we. I don't think we need that, Dean. Sidetrack, uh, we do. Sidetrack begins. He accelerates to the fastest th- he's ever been. And at the right point, uh, Godiva shouts now. And he punches through the dimensional pole. Why, he tackles and he leads him into the interdimensional rift. Okay, but what's with this train? Because t- they're taking everyone into the dimensional rift to fight oh. to, uh, Amateur Prophet. I thought they were going to go by themselves. Fuck that. I want a, I want a dog train. Okay. I, I want a I dog train. I just don't think it's feasible for Sidetrack to pull a whole train. Well, Lucky Tackle's a rugby player. I feel as though Lucky Tackle and maybe Sidetrack oh, could, pu- could like... Like push everyone through. I wouldn't even say like push. Like if they got like some... It doesn't have to be a, doesn't have to be a train carriage, but like a cart of some kind. Mm-hmm. What if Godiva builds a cart then? Why no? Godiva would build a purpose-built pod of some sort, like whatever it is, like a travel thing that specifically fits all of them and is the specifically right weight. Oh yes, no, I've got it now. Okay, <laughs> so it's kind of like a bullet-shaped thing, and it basically kind of holds all of our characters in it. Maybe not all of them. Maybe like a representative from each one. Because I'm not sure if do all the new wave thrillers need to go. Josh. It's a crossover, it's a bu- sorry. Okay, everyone... No, no, wait, 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 no. I think the rest of the new wave thrillers can stay behind to entertain the crowd because they are still being held there as witnesses. Yeah, both. We need more ambition. Here's the ambition. They've all got to go. It's fucking Infinity War. <laughs> they're all going. And they're all going by... Um, they're rejigging the... Uh, tent to form a bit where the new uh, McFly and New Wave Thrillers can sit. Uh, Godiva's chair has been extended uh, both on the back to have little footrests for uh, Bleach Ruby um, and a little bit in the front for, like, well, was for Lord Windermere, but they're not, they're not there now, so that's where uh, Lucky Tackle is. Mm-hmm. And the glider has now been attached to that chair, 
So what you got is like an, an uh, a fantastic car situation where I know lots of I know we're trying to Lego monstrosity this together, right? <laughs> but you have to think about how Lucky Tackle is going to physically jump them that's, through dimensions. That's the thing. I was thinking about having like some sort of like bullet shaped thing that you've got Lucky Tackle on one side helping to push it and sidetrack on the other, kind of pulling it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point it was like get sidetrack on his hind legs and he can get his paws up and they can help push it. Um, it's just, it's just like I, I. That's fine. I think Dean, Dean, yeah, Dean, your one like. It makes no sense because Lucky Tackle is sat in a sidecar. How do they jump everyone from a sidecar? Okay, no, I've got it. Everyone gets in what I've now called the multiverse bullet. And uh, Lucky Tackle's going to be at the back. Along with Sidetrack, who's going to help like boost like the speed yeah. potential of them. Because basically, yeah, yeah. in order to get through to where they need to go, Lucky Tackle's going to need like the speed and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Lucky Tackle's going to start pushing it, trying to pick up speed with the help of Sidetrack. And basically, he's going to pop in his ability, and they're going to jump straight through the through the dimensions, basically by kind of piercing this fourth wall mm-hmm. using their Sorry. multiverse bullet train. So perhaps if this does take a few days to build, and forget what I said about keeping the crowd then, um, that would give them a few days to practice as well. So you've got a couple of, like, comedic days where lucky tackle is just like shouldering this big you know contraption and trying to jump it and they're just managing to sort of jump a couple of minutes ago or a couple of minutes into the future um or into an alternate dimension where everything is made of ice cream you know weird weird shit yeah and they they fail spectacularly and then the day comes and they're like we all believe in you you know you can do this you've got your building slash training montage Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Oh, actually, I'm not even sure if it needs to be a time thing. I think it just needs to be getting through the dimensions. Yeah, yeah. If only because... Yeah, I'm, I, I guess I'm only saying, like, time is a really easy way of communicating that they've changed. But, like, yeah, it doesn't have to be, like, traveling forward and back in time. Um, other dimensions can be, you know, where characters behave completely differently, where villains are heroes and heroes are villains, etc., etc. Speak of time, let's... Fight amateur prophet because yes, we've t- been talking about bullet trains for like. Eight- Don't forget we're editing out a little bit though. Josh, make sure you trim that down. Um, so they've pierced dimensions. They're uh, en route to amateur prophet. Does he have a dimensional castle? I, at first, I was wondering if amateur prophet had basically a kind of world of their own where they'd managed to talk everyone into obeying them. Have they biffed it? Um. Hmm. Think more cosmic weirdness oh right 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 okay so like the collector kind of thing yeah more like um just warped and um like green no, lantern no, no i've got it i've got it it's a dimension where now i don't want to frighten you but you see this is our dimension that we're going to <laughs> where everyone talks all day, every day about Amateur Prophet and how great he is. Because let me tell you about Amateur Prophet. They look good. They know everything we should do. They know how I we should like behave. I don't like this conversation. That's effectively what happens is that what the the multiverse bullet pierces through dimensions and it slowly goes past these three people talking on their microphones about Amateur about Prophet. About Amateur Prophet. And it just goes straight past them and through into this dimension where Amateur Prophet is a real thing. Okay. Sure. <laughs> but then I tell you what I imagine the actual reality to be like. Just like 
a real strong Jack Kirby page. Okay. Where you've got like these weird like goons. Everything's just like these bright neon uh, colors, and there's weird effects going on everywhere. Like proper final boss stuff. And so they arrive. Now, here's what I think. Um, we do have this problem where Lucky Tackle, Lucky Tackle can only use their tackle once a day. I don't think that works within sort of the dimensional space. No. I was... I w- ah, 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 ah. Hold oh. on. I have figured it out. Okay, let oh. me pitch you my final battle. Because obviously we still have these two other characters along with Amateur Prophet. I was thinking, yeah, we need to take them out. So too. what I like the idea of are, are splitting up the heroes that have gone with them mm-hmm. and they're going to take them on. So we're going to have the SIS and... I'm not sure who else. I kind of want Bleach Ruby and SIS to have another rematch against Sarcastic Knight. Yeah, I like the idea of that. Um, maybe it could be some kind of interesting thing where SIS are defending Bleach Ruby from Sarcastic Knight's blows, whilst Bleach Ruby is kind of looking into Sarcastic Knight's past and kind of like mm. trying to crack them effectively. Yes. 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 So whilst they're doing that, like Sloth Pastors maybe like trying to like attack Walker them and take them down. <laughs> yeah. And Tough Ambassador is basically getting waterboarded by the New Wave thrillers. Every time that he try, every time that Tough Ambassador tries to talk and try and like incite um, angst in the ranks, mm. um, which sounds like an interesting wrestling match. Um, <laughs> like they just keep on like throwing like little water pistol things that keep on meaning that he has to like, which keeps on meaning they have to like gargle or like, like yeah. they, cu- they cu- basically they can't talk. Yeah, combine and- that with. Uh, Godiva Jaguarundi applying some sort of fear technique as well, then you've got a very effective uh, torture, not torture, <laughs> convincing method in order <laughs> to get information. Heroes don't torture kids! They um, don't. They really don't. So whilst this is happening, um, Sidetrack and Lucky Tackle are basically just walking kind of slowly, ep- epically some people might say, up towards Amateur Profit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I-, I think, I'm not sure if Lucky Tackle has two abilities. Dimension hopping, and with the assistance of sidetrack, time hopping. Okay. So basically, what we we're going to be able to still get that scene that you wanted, Jade, of just sidetrack and lucky tackle doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, Josh. Yes. Josh, I've got a real simple thing about this whole like once a day jingle jangle. They can hop through dimensions, right? They've hopped in, but they haven't hopped out. Ah, yet. so yes. choose where tackle. to hop out. Okay, that's good. I like that. Um, I have a question. Where the fuck's Abby? Ooh. In fact, just picture that in McFly's voice. Where the fuck is Abby? That's what they're trying to get out of Tough Ambassador. Ah. Ah, that could work. Could, um, maybe because Tough Ambassador's just getting so frustrated, they kind of, before they get another glob of water to the face, they kind of, <laughs> well, at this point, is Abby kind of, she's still working against? No. I think as she was taken away, she saw that flash of the future from Ruby's glasses. Hmm. That's probably why Tough Ambassador has kept her hidden because she knows the outcome. So she could probably help and Hmm. be a real hindrance. So they need to bust her out in order for her to trigger the final thing that happens. So maybe could we have like some sort of like your princess is another castle type thing? Perhaps. Hmm. No, I got it. I got it. She's in, she's just in like a pocket dimension. Mm. You know, and Amateur Prophet like reaches a hand into nothing and then pulls her out. 
and it's just like right right before tough ambassador and sarcastic knight are about to be defeated you know they're in their final throws and um, amateur prophet just pulls abby out and is like hold everything but amateur prophet's not a very good prophet <laughs> no we've so they that. don't yeah so they don't know what the fuck is going to happen in the future they know that they can't let abby go <laughs> But what they don't know is that they can't let Abby go because that's what's supposed to happen. Mm. Oh, is it? They, they literally can't see the future because there isn't going to be a future for them because they're going to go back to the yeah. past. Yeah, so they only see flashes of things and misinterpret them often. So when they see, I have to keep hold of Abby, they don't realize that that's their downfall. Like They just see things and get this feeling like, no, I better do that. Or I better and avoid now- that. <laughs> And now we have the final, final fight. Yes. How good is Amateur Prophet in a fight? They were a rugby player, so I imagine they're a bit beefy if they kept up, you know, unlike Hero 53, who didn't. And also, they do roll a, a, a strange dimension of weird thugs mm-hmm, and beings. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could um, be quite an interesting thing. Is that, like, maybe Lucky Tackle runs at Amateur Prophet to try and, like, just sort it out. Like, hopefully he can dis... Hopefully, Lucky Tackle can dislodge them. Mm. Yeah. So, if they just run into them. But maybe because Amateur Prophet is still kind of that beefy kind of rugby player build, they kind of don't shudder as much about it. They kind of still kind of take it head on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then they're like, this is nostalgic, huh? And then they both kind of look alarmed. They're like, wait, why Why did I say that? And Bleach Ruby is like, I know. Oh. Hmm. Okay. I have the crescendo that will lead into the ending for this uh, comic. <laughs> so, um, in other shots, we have seen the downfall of both Amateur Prophet and Tough Ambassador mm-hmm. uh, in separate shots or whatever. And now, uh, Lucky Tackle and Amateur Prophet, are, they're, they're, they're facing off, and we've had this nice, isn't this, isn't this nostalgic, whatever moment. But then the uh, the pressure's coming on for Amateur Prophet. And so uh, in a last-ditch last attempt, maybe they have like a, a cool staff or something or some sort of uh, item that... They- Haven't they got that spear? Spear? There's I don't a sp- remember a spear. There was interdimensional a- spear that, um, that... That was Sarcastic Knights, I think. <clears throat> Whatever. They, they, they have a staff now and they tap it down and they call upon all of the weird cronies and goons from this uh, uh, dimension to stop Lucky Tackle from, well, kicking his ass. But then we have the big old heroes moment. All the heroes that were fighting previously have come back to defend Lucky uh, Lucky Tackle to try and keep him on uh, Amateur Prophet. Trying to keep them on Amateur Prophet. Defending them. Um, we, we can have like a weird uh, we can have our cool Avengers shot where it circles around and maybe uh, Selfish Macaroon is donking some people away from Lucky Tackle. Uh, Sidetrack has got like rails going all the way around, setting up a, perim- uh, a perimeter, like running over interdimensional goons. Let me catch my breath. <sighs> Can I just point out, it's a bit late, but personally I don't like just having a wave of goons because mm. I've always hated that in big crossovers especially, especially when they're always no... like a grey hive mind yeah there's no there's no emotion to it I know it sounds no, no, epic no. and it looks let epic me, let me let me finish let okay me finish. convince me 
Um, so, uh, maybe there's a flashback to the plan. And the plan is, okay, uh, get me in close and me and Sidetrack will do another hop where uh, Sidetrack will hop into the thing with me and Amateur Prophet and hop out, you know, in a nice little, like, rail that goes in and out. And we'll dump Amateur Prophet in another dimension on the way. Mm-hmm. Never to be seen, seen again. Mm-hmm. That's that was, stupid. No, 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 no. It's just a, a quick in and out into a, a, a thing. Yeah, that's. I maintain that's stupid because Amateur Prophet can dimension hop. What the fuck ah, are you on about? And I know how it's going to get solved. Because that idea is going to work kind of in theory. Right. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm on a roll. I, let, let, let me, let me roll. fighting over this ending. No. Abby's going to basically shout out, go back to the beginning. Yeah, that's it. See, Abby, th- we that's what I was getting annoyed about and trying to get at, is that um, Lucky Tackle doesn't know that they need to take... They, they still don't know that this is the rugby player. We haven't addressed oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, they, they had that moment where they were like, isn't this nostalgic? What the fuck? Why did I say that? Yeah, why did you say that? That's when Abby would say what you just said, Josh. Hmm. Um, is that, is we that need to have... Kind of- Go back to the beginning. Yeah, exactly. You need to have Lucky Tackle realize where they need to take them because there's no point just dropping Amateur Prophet anywhere. You could drop them in the arse end of space and they would be able to come back because of their dimension hopping powers. You need to decommission Amateur Prophet. And what it could be is there could be this quite interesting like scene where like Lucky Tackle's trying to push Amateur Prophet into like a dimension hop. So like they're because obviously, in order to get the momentum to tackle someone, you need to kind of get that push. But because yeah. Amateur Prophet turns out they're also kind of like a rugby player, they're quite, they're well built, so they're kind of pushing back. Mm. Meanwhile, a certain dog is doing laps. They're building <laughs> up momentum. And basically, then the rail just comes straight round and just pushes straight into Lucky Tackle and helps give them the momentum boost they need to go back in time. Okay, Dean, what were you going to say? <laughs> that idea, Josh, but um, they're they're like neck and neck no one's getting pushed anywhere and the tackle isn't working but all the other heroes are behind lucky tackle pushing them oh i love that that's more like it that, that's that's called a scrum in rugby <laughs> <laughs> they scrum up them and um sidetracks the last one in the uh can we can we have that be a bit of dialogue as well like just um Lucky Tackle be like, oh, this takes me back to my rugby days. And Abby's like, that's the fucking point. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, oh, sorry. They're like, oh, it's it's like doing the old scrum practice. And Lord Windermere's like, yes, I suppose. Let's scrum it then. <laughs> like says it very properly. And That, that but more hot-blooded. Yes. So like maybe Lucky, uh, Lucky Tackle is just like, Scrum, <laughs> top of top of the lungs, and they all scrum up. And uh, sidetrack is the last one in this uh, office toy yeah. of a fucking scrum, just knocking. Uh, well, they're still going around, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're doing these laps, ready to like laps. build up momentum. They would join the scrum, but at the last, like the last push. You could you could That's say great. The, you could say they're the final nudge, but. Yeah, they are the final lunch. Um, yeah, Dean, that that see, that's got emotion behind it. That's got my friends are my power type power to it. Well, I you didn't let me finish with mine. I would have had emotion as well, but you didn't let no, me No, no, no. You know why yours couldn't work? It's because it's too long and drawn out and had loads of faceless goons. No one likes goons. 
It was only going to be a quick thing. No, it it took too long to explain. Therefore, it's out. God damn. Well, next time I'll describe it in 140 characters or less. How about that? <laughs> but then we get our, our uh, last ending. Maybe a sidetrack takes the rest of the heroes out of there. Um, back in well, the converter car. Well, hold on. So they all do this final push and sidetrack finishes going fast enough that they could push back in time and they do this final push but the way it happens is everyone does the final shove so that lucky tackle can push off and do their yeah. lucky mm. tackle by themselves they mm. grab abby out of amateur prophet's arms mm-hmm. fling her backwards and with their other arm they're shoving with all their might they push amateur prophet into another dimension and that's when they go back in time and there's your ending. Boom. And there's no reason to cover anything else because... We really mentioned it. Well, no, because here we are in the past and uh. Amateur Prophet never existed. None of this ever happened. The caviar was never, you know, ruined. Basically, there could be like a big old flash and instead of like a flash, it turns into like a spray of water and we're back at the circus tent. Yeah. Oh. And nothing ever went wrong because... Well, Hero 53 was never there. Amateur Prophet was never there. We could have a little scene of Hero 53 still meeting their, their spouse and their kids, but they're in, like, maybe they're still in their hometown in this version because they were never forced out. Everything, Thank you everything all. ends happily. Or may- maybe they could be, like, they've actually done well in, like, rugby now. And basically, like, they Exactly. Like, hmm. instead of, like, as the like event's winding up, we see um, Lucky Tackle, like, signing autographs and stuff. Could, could, okay, one final thing. Uh, they <laughs> they mentioned, the reason we get to see the circus tent and what's happening over in that town is because after the successful rugby match, where we see, you know, Lucky Tackle, Happy and whatnot, they're talking to Amateur Prophet, who's no longer Amateur Prophet, and they're like, oh, aren't you sticking around for, you know, post-game drinks? And Amateur Prophet, who's no longer Amateur Prophet, is like, no, no, I'm going over to this show. I, I, you know me, I like, I like doing my tarot readings and everyone has a chuckle. <laughs> They're like, you're not very good at it, mate. And he's like, I know, I know, but I just, I got to keep practicing. And then, we'll show and then it side off. Trick, side track turns up and he just winks straight at the camera, <laughs> laughs, and then it says, the end. Arf. Like proper Looney Tunes like wipe as well. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to us talk about a pleasant circus for the last, like, however long. Um, Yeah, nothing spectacular or daring or deftifying really happened, did it? I feel like I really wanted to talk about someone in this this epilogue, but can't for life me think I I totally had a sign-off name, but I can't remember what it was. Mm. Jade, you're free now. You're free. I've always been free. Oh, no, nothing. Uh, if you want to help us uh, along with the podcast, then. Um, sorry, I'm still trying to figure out that name. Um, I yeah. guess what you could do is um, if you leave us a iTunes review or podcast based review, um, we'll take whatever name you leave. I mean, what was that name? Oh, never mind. Uh, we'll take your name um, and we'll stick it through a hero generator, and then you'll basically have an entire episode dedicated to you which is pretty impressive. Very impressive. Uh, in the meantime, you can hit us up on Twitter at BBR underscore podcast, where we will not only display some of the, some pages from our comic recommendations, which are all very good pages from very good uh, comic artists and writers and colorists and letterers and editors, but also uh, Jade will be posting up a nice illustration uh, 
for this episode as well. Yeah, so seeing as we've changed our schedule to bi-weekly, instead of Fridays, we've now changed the illustration schedule to go up every other Monday. So on one Monday you'll get an episode, on the other Monday you'll get a lovely illustration. Ain't that delightful. For you, Jake, because you have more time to do the illustration. Yes, thank you. More, more, try, more time to draw floating heads for this this week's illustration. <laughs> and explosions. Yeah, of course. Now you got to draw that last tackle moment. There. You have been bitten by an interdimensional podcast. I am Dean Double Dead Dimensions Dipping in McKnight. I'm Jade. I love Star System Sarsen. And I'm Josh. I can't believe we managed to get Dean to talk about Sidetrack in a serious manner. Randall. Like, willingly. Yeah, like, he, he was happy to. Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast is hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sanderson, and me, Josh Randall. Uh, this episode was all edited up by me, and seeing that we do all the other stuff in the show now, all that's left of me to say is we'll see you next week for another episode. 